here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott uh, going to tackle our start sits for week number eight in the NFL. A couple of teams on the bye this week. We have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. So obviously certain people will be out of the mix, which does actually push certain other players into the forefront, uh, again, based on a matchup and a start sit. So if you're out, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, uh, and members of those offenses, you know, your Travis Kelsey's of the world, uh, you may have a reasonable backup. But not a lot of people maybe carry tight ends, things like that. So uh, we're going to help you get over the hump for this week and also touch base, uh, you know, on a little uh, injury and trade news that's happened. Obviously, we, we did that earlier and uh, we're, we're definitely going to follow up because now the NFL is getting hot and heavy. Uh, and these are all factors, again, that contribute to start sits and, and your team as a whole. We talked about trade targets last time. So some of this may have an effect on that as well for, uh, you know, your basic keeper leagues where, where there's some draft picks as well as dynasty. Uh, Pat, I know you, uh, you're you going to go into our week seven as well as we're going to touch base on, on week eight. So uh, before you get started, did you want to hit them with the socials? Yeah, you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Uh, you can also check out our website, which is www.thenineroutefb.com. You can email us at the nine route FFB at gmail.com as well. Yeah, you were talking about the the trades and stuff like that. And with uh, the trade deadline being Tuesday, I believe uh, should be. You know, a lot of speculation on some some other players moving around before that trade deadline hits. So it's going to be very interesting. We're going to have uh, our work cut out for us, uh, making sure that we, uh, you know, get everything set for these these episodes in the next couple of weeks. Because there's probably going to be some some more people moving around and some fantasy football implications that are going to, you know, sort of take some sort of shape based off of, you know, players moving to different teams and things like that. So, but we'll make sure that we stay on top of that and uh, hit you with that stuff in our uh, future episodes as well. Let's start with uh, this week's news and injuries. The New York Giants, after drafting Kadarius Tony with their 10th overall pick last year, decided to trade Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs for one of their compensation picks in the third round of next year and a another sixth round pick as well. Kind of a falling from grace for, for Kadarius Tony, you know, had a couple of good games last year, but you know, hasn't been health wasn't healthy much of last year, hasn't been healthy too much this year, you know, with this new regime in New York, they're just not really feeling the whole, you know, Kadarius Tony not being out on the field thing, I guess, and and decided to move him while they can, where they can still get something uh, of some value for him. So that's the only big trade that uh, that went down. There was, uh, I think, in a defensive lineman, uh, Robert Quinn, uh, was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Doesn't really have any fantasy impact. There was another defensive lineman. I can't think of it off the top of my head uh, that was traded recently to, I believe, the Las Vegas Raiders. Jonathan Hankins, I want to say, but uh, no, no real fantasy relevant trades other than potentially Kadarius Tony, who's still uh, not scheduled to to play anytime soon, but. Uh, you know, another weapon for Patrick Mahomes to play with. So he's definitely a guy that if you got an extra spot on your bench, wouldn't hurt to to pick him up and throw 
uh, a couple fab dollars at him if you have to and and just see if it turns into anything. I mean, I, I'm not super optimistic personally. I did grab him in one league where he was, you know, I just had basically a free roster spot on, on my roster and I threw him on there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, got some injuries to talk about as well. Uh, literally, we're we're updating this as we speak with some some breaking news. Uh, we all know that Jamar Chase. Uh, we heard some bad news that there was an injury to his hip. Uh, they were really trying to, I guess, discover, dig down, and find out. Breaking news right now is that Jamar Chase is not going to IR, but did sustain a hairline hip fracture and torn labrum. Sounds extremely painful, and I'm sure it is. Obviously, some of these guys are in way better shape than you and I, but. Um, Those aren't at, even in the same part of the body, are they? The, uh, if your yes, labrum's you, up by your, by your. You do have a hip labrum. Uh, oh, ball, okay. Yes, it's okay. the ball socket, just like your shoulder. So it's like the reverse because we are animals and bipedal. But yes, we do all start it down. I know that because I know my uh, guy in work that just had his hip done recently. So yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy what they do with that, where they kind of just cut it off and put titanium in there. But. Uh, that's a different story. Jamar Chase, uh, again, so far right now, they're saying hairline hip fracture, torn labrum, not currently scheduled to go on IR, albeit, you know, that's probably still remains to be seen once most of the smoke clears with this. But again, that injury is a heavy hit for the uh, defending AFC champions. And uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, obviously are the next guys that are obviously in line, but you know, they were always working with 3,000 yard receivers. So it's not like they're in a bad spot. Could you see a trade maybe just to strengthen them if this is going to be a little longer? Yeah. Could you see like an Odell Beckham kind of free agent mercenary type of thing happen possibly? Or they may just kind of circle the wagons and just roll with it. I mean, again, obviously for fantasy purposes, we do have to play off of what is happening to those teams in the league. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are a game behind the Ravens, uh, albeit, you know, obviously they have a game in hand based on what went down last night. They do have obviously some tough division matchups coming up, and it looks like they're about two weeks away. This week is the Browns. Next week, the Panthers after that. And then it looks like they're on a bye. So maybe that's where the non-IR concepts are coming out there for, for Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, I'm sure the waiver wire is pretty thin right now as far as being an owner if you're in contention. You could definitely maybe look to pick something up. Hopefully, you have some depth on your bench. Uh, I wouldn't panic, but at the same time, yeah, you're going to be out one of the best players at the wide receiver position in fantasy football uh, for right now. At, I would say at least that four to six week window, hopefully not longer, and hopefully no lingering effects. Uh, now, that's probably going to bleed right into the fantasy football playoffs. Again, so right now, trade deadlines are starting to tick away, too, so you definitely want to probably again make a move based on that injury you know or or even look to be that guy that sneaks out again a, a t higgins or tyler board knowing that that volume is is going to be going their way hayden hurst gets an uptick probably too uh you know we'll see what happens obviously crazy situation but again right now it doesn't look too good for fantasy owners of jamar chase obviously dynasty keeper leagues you're definitely going to be holding on to them but in redraft leagues uh, heading into the playoffs doesn't look good for you yeah another Potential injury, well, definitely injury here, but uh, depending on whether he plays or not this week, will will just be, I guess, a little bit of uh, pain tolerance and and you know what they can do. But Ezekiel Elliott uh, has a, a knee injury and a thigh bruise that he sustained in Week Seven. He right now he is doubtful for that game. I uh, I don't think he's going to play personally. It just seems like with that 
Dallas Cowboys having the bye next week. You know, you sit them out one game against a team like the Bears, which you expect to beat. I mean, let's be honest. Um, the Bears have not been great on offense, and Dallas Cowboys defense has been pretty much the best in the league. I don't expect Zeke to play. Should be a big day for Pollard. We're going to talk about him a little bit more in our start sits section. But, uh, yeah, it looks like Ezekiel Elliott will probably miss. Next on the list, uh, it hasn't been great in Green Bay this season for Aaron Rodgers and his wide receiver core. Uh, just got a little bit worse. Looks like Alan Lazard will be out this week. He's got some lingering issues. This is his shoulder. We know he's been a little up and down this season. Hasn't quite been the wide receiver one that maybe they hoped he would just turn into. Uh, that being said, he is listed as out for this week, which would definitely, you know, against that Buffalo offense, you're definitely, and defense, you're, you're really trying to keep up with them, and, and they've already had enough trouble this year. Uh, Romeo Dowds obviously gets the uptick, could be a breakout game. I know Sammy Watkins did come back off of IR as of last week, uh, and again, that team is just really, you know, they definitely don't look like your father's Green Bay Packers, but Lazard being out is definitely a hit to that offense, and again, it's a bit of a a hit more than likely on Aaron Rodgers, who, again, for fantasy owners, have already probably divorced him. You know, that being said, uh, this definitely doesn't bode well and something to keep an eye on for those owners of Lazard moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, just a little side note here. I uh, We did the the update, unfortunately, for Brees Hall. Alan Lazard now out this week. I know, you know, obviously Lazard's not out for the season like, like Brees Hall, but in, in one of the leagues I'm in, uh, we're pretty much out of uh, the playoff hunt. <laughs> So we were trading some players for draft picks. We actually just traded away Brees Hall and Alan Lazard and got a a pretty pretty healthy haul for them for both of those guys. Hey. And now the teams that have them uh, are without them for uh, for this week and and unfortunately haul for for the rest of the season. But got out got out when the when the getting was good, I guess. So got lucky there. But uh, moving on to our next injury, uh, Chuba Hubbard. He sustained an ankle injury. They said. It, that he could have come back into the game last Sunday, uh, you know, if he needed to. But apparently he can't come into this game this Sunday because he's already been ruled out versus the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, anybody who went out and grabbed Deontay Foreman when the Christian McCaffrey trade happened, like we had suggested you go out and do right away, should be looking at a very startable asset. I think Foreman should be a, probably a top 20 running back against a, a pretty bad Atlanta run defense considering he's the only one that's going to be getting touches in that backfield. You'll see a little bit of uh, the uh, Blackshear, the rookie that they they drafted this year. He'll, he'll get a couple carries, but it's not going to be the split that Foreman and Chuba Hubbard would have had had Hubbard been available for this game, though. So uh, definitely throw your Deontay Foreman in your lineup if uh, if you need a, a flex play. or I think, I think even he's, he's a good RB2 this week, honestly. Another running back, another injury, uh, another one with a question, but probably leaning towards not playing. Uh, James Conner already ruled out with a rib injury. This has been lingering, probably more than likely broken ribs, not quality stuff for a running back to keep hitting holes and getting smoked by D tackles uh, with busted ribs. So he's definitely going to be out for this week, already uh, said by Cliff Kingsbury. Darrell Williams, who would have been the direct backup, has also got hurt in the same game a couple weeks back with a knee injury. He is a game-time decision as of right now, still questionable. I would think that, you know, it's Friday. I, they kind of lean that way. Normally questionable means okay, uh, but to keep teams in the, in the 
guessing game, I guess, so to speak, for certain parts of the game plan. Regardless, even if he does play, I think that last week you started to see the quality of, of Eno Benjamin as you know a, a definite player. Uh, that offense got the DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, I felt like maybe it would take him a game or two. Took him about all of, I don't know, the coin flip to come back and be uh, the same wide receiver, the same nuke that we knew. So again, that offense is starting to get a little bit, a little bit reformed. So I think Benjamin benefits from having the wide receivers stretch some of that coverage, taking the safeties deep and out of the box. But Connor out this week, Darrell Williams' game time decision, I'd say probably lean to not really being involved, if at all. Uh, and Eno Benjamin would be the guy. So if he's on the waiver wire, definitely look to make that pickup. A lot of folks may have already had him down there as a stash because of Connor uh, and the injury history that surrounds him. Yeah, going to cover two more here on the same team. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both been ruled out for the Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders this week. You were already probably starting Chris Olave if you had him on your roster, but now he's an even bigger play. And uh, I think I think with, you know, again, both of their veteran wide receivers out for this game, should see a lot of targets for Alvin Kamara, probably get another Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith game where each of those guys has a couple targets and if they catch a deep one, could be okay fantasy day. So if you're looking for somebody you can kind of throw in in a desperation, you know, flex or double flex position, uh, I think either Callaway or Traquan Smith would be a, a good addition. And uh, obviously, Juwan Johnson's been getting a little bit more uh, action in that offense, which That's I believe we're going to talk about him a little bit later as well. So. Uh, and finally, wide receiver news. One of the top guys uh, from last season that's been a little banged up, a little struggle, uh, obviously a little bit of a different offense, so to speak. Debo Samuel is going to be out this week. You know, still has a little bit of an issue with the hamstring. We know how that has a strong effect. Going up against the Rams, the Niners will be without him. I know a lot of people have pieces of that offense already in play. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk has had a, a better season and they did just recently pick up Christian McCaffrey, who obviously we know has a total dual threat running back and the pass catching game. George Kittle stayed pretty healthy. So you do have options for McCaffrey owners. Definitely an uptick. Again, it obviously it took maybe a week to kind of get adjusted a little bit more. Uh, still maybe a growing pain for one more week getting used to Garoppolo and, and the offense and everything else there with the play calling. But uh, obviously Debo being out is a bump up to everybody else in the offense. And we know Samuel was being used as a little bit of a everywhere on the field kind of guy. So maybe Ayuk gets that look, um, you know, maybe they spread it out a little bit more. Maybe this is a, one of those monster George Kittle games that you, you know, you always kind of look towards uh, throughout the season, but you won't be seeing Debo this week due to a hamstring. And it's something you want to monitor if it's going to linger and you're an owner, you know, you might want to look to maybe strengthen up your wide receiver core moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, I think Debo being out could potentially help Jeff Wilson honestly be be startable for potentially one more week. I think, you know, McCaffrey is such a good route runner, and like you said, they use Debo as that Swiss Army knife type of player. I think McCaffrey's you know very similar skill set can obviously catch the ball just as well as a wide receiver, and uh, you know obviously the running back skills from him playing running back. But I think you could see McCaffrey and Wilson in the game at the same time, and and Wilson get a few more carries in this game. Maybe those Debo Samuel design carries go to Jeff Wilson where they can put McCaffrey out, you know, in the slot or, or even flank him out wide and kind of throw the defense off a little bit with, with him in a, a receiver role a little bit more. So I just, you know, thought to pop through my head. I don't necessarily know that I'm running to play Jeff Wilson at this point, but I think if you're stuck playing him, it does make you feel a little bit better. All right. We are going to jump into our start sits realized 
you know, sometime earlier this week that through some sort of technical difficulty, our uh, week seven start sit episode never published. I do apologize for any of those people out there looking for that episode and it not coming. I'm not quite sure what happened, to be honest with you. But uh, we're going to give you a quick rundown of our starts and sits for week seven. And then uh, we'll hit you with our, our week eight start sits as well. So my starts for week seven were Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, Alec Pierce, Gerald Everett and the Patriots defense. I hit two of those, Ken Walker and Gerald Everett both did uh, well in those weeks. Missed the other three, unfortunately. Rudy's starts of the week were Matt Ryan, Brees Hall, Alan Lazard, Juwan Johnson and Jets defense. Missed on Matt Ryan and on Alan Lazard. Just barely on Lazard. Uh, and then the Brees Hall. We were not calling Brees Hall a miss because he got injured. So that's kind of a that's kind of a wash. So you take kind of a, a tie in that one there. We we don't we don't penalize for people getting injured, but I think Brees Hall probably would have gotten to uh to that fifteen PPR yeah, mark it that started we started out pretty strong yeah. and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. Uh Juwan Johnson, huge hit. Uh number one tight end uh, of the week. So congratulations on that. You nailed that one. And uh, your Jets defense ended up finishing in the top 12 of the week. So you got that one right as well. Our sits for week seven, I sat Marcus Mariota, David Montgomery, Garrett Wilson, Zach Ertz, and the 49ers defense. I was five for five on my sits. Uh, Mariota had a little bit better game than I thought he would, but still well under the threshold that we use for our start sits. Rudy's sits of the week were Trevor Lawrence, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Tunyon, and the Broncos defense missed on Lawrence and Hopkins. They both had pretty uh, good games and then hit on Jamal Williams, Robert Tunyon, and the Broncos defense. So that brought our our season totals uh, or our weekly totals, excuse me, to you were 5-4-1. and one, I was 7-3. and three. In our head-to-head matchup, uh, I went ahead 6-4, to four, which puts me – uh, in the lead now, 37 to 32 with one tie. So, uh, getting to pull away a little bit here, Rude. You need to uh, you need to step it up this year, this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think I I think I got it this week. So and I and I pulled ahead of you in our league of record uh, this week as well. So this has not been a good week for you. Yeah, yeah. Car trouble. We talked about that before <laughs> the show. That we're not going to bring that up. Yeah. Again, most of my leagues where I'm I'm getting smoked. It's I you know my die on the hill that my guys this season were Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, and Damian Pierce, uh, Jelani Woods also as a, as a tight end. I knew he'd take a minute to develop, but yeah, having two guys that just, you know, Harris is, is half of what he was last year. Some people think the foot injury combined with a tough offensive line and, and things like that are definitely a factor. Um, and quarterback play, obviously, of course, uh, Kyle Pitts, it's just, you know, it sounds like everything, and again, I don't get to watch a lot, let alone you know the Atlanta Falcons. But it just sounds like that uh, that whole offense and the play calling and everything else, where you know he he has that one little game and where he makes a couple plays, and you think here we go, and, and it's just just not looking good. I mean, a guy looking at the way that that team's going, that coaching staff might give him maybe one more year. I don't know. I mean, Desmond Ritter at this rate could be a potential guy at the end of the season just to see what they have. Mariota has had. Moments where he looked like okay, and and yeah, it's just been crazy. So you know, it is what it is. I, I'm I'm okay with that, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, you can't be on top forever. If occasionally you have to give other people a chance to that. So. <laughs> I appreciate your uh, 
you're you're giving nature. Hey, man, that's we're we're less than a month away Thanksgiving, so you know I might as well be cordial. <laughs> you know, it's, holidays are coming. Um, yeah, no. So I, I guess then it is your uh, the ball is you. You won the coin flip, so it's up to you if you want to uh, kick or receive when it comes to our start sits for this week. Start sits. Um, you know what? I'll go first. I like going first. I like putting the pressure on you. After I, after I drop there. some knowledge on on the, yeah. our listeners, yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> so we normally record on Monday, the whole everything for the whole week. Uh, it's usually the only time we have, but this week Monday went a little long. We had some issues with you know the like I said our our software that we were using. So we're recording this on Friday. Okay, so this is after the Thursday night game the Bucks and and uh, Ravens played last night. Uh, which the Ravens won 27 to 22. Uh, pretty overall entertaining game after a slow start. But uh, I did have Tom Brady as my start of the week. So I, I may have gotten a reprieve from from uh, the governor on this one. Brady didn't have a terrible game, but I don't know if he's going to finish in the top 12 with what he did last night. But we'll see. Uh, so, you, so you divorced him is what you're saying. Oh, gosh, man. I was trying to avoid using that word because I, you know, I know how much it hurts. But you... Uh, yeah, you just you just stomped on his heart again. Huh? You and AB, you should you should start a uh, a rap group where you just dump on Tom Brady. Oh, goat haters! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, some. Uh, no, haters. don't wish it. Don't wish it on anybody. I know a lot of people were speculating a lot of a lot of BS there. So again, I don't wish as much. As I'm not a big fan of the guy as far as a player. I don't wish that on anybody. But still, yeah. So and way to wiggle out of that one moving into Friday. So. <laughs> What do you got? <laughs> well, this one may end up worse. We'll see. But no, so so my start of the week, and, and I picked this before we before we found out about the Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry news, because that did just break uh, fairly recently. I'm going with Andy Dalton. I still think even with those guys out, Dalton could have uh, a pretty good game. He's officially been given the starting job in New Orleans, at least for week eight. Uh, and he's going to have the chance to impress the coaching staff and and hopefully keep that job a little bit longer. And he's got a pretty good matchup to do it uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Luckily for him, the Raiders are dead last in fantasy points given up to the quarterback position. In fact, they're 2.5 points per game higher than the next highest team. So, you know, everybody, like, there's a bunch of people at, like, 23 and a half like it's a, bu- a bunch of like 23s and 22s and 21s and then the the raiders are all the way up at 25 points per game given up which it doesn't seem two and a half points doesn't seem like a big deal but over seven weeks you know it, it adds up the raiders rank in the bottom sixth uh, of all defenses and completions yards and touchdowns against them on a per game basis and the best part about the matchup against the raiders and why the opposing quarterbacks end up scoring so many points it's because the Raiders can score they rank third behind only the Chiefs and Bills and points scored per game this year which forces the other team to have to keep throwing the ball when they play against Las Vegas so every week you're you know as long as they're healthy you're starting your you know your Derek Carr your Devontae Adams if, if Waller's out there you're starting him Josh Jacobs has been having a great season so the Raiders are, are putting it on teams offensively and it's causing teams to have to continue to, to put points on the board to compete with them, which they're doing, which is why the Raiders, you know, record is uh, so poor at this point in the season. But I think that, you know, this is a great spot for Andy Dalton. I think this is going to be a high scoring game and I think he's going to be chucking it uh, a ton in this one. So my start of the week at quarterback is going to be that Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. 
I like what he did last week. Uh, threw for 302, took touchdowns, one interception. Got a little bit of a division matchup this week against the Tennessee Titans, who aren't very good, again, against the quarterback position, where they're in the bottom 7-8 in the league uh, when it comes to giving up points to the quarterback position. Uh, we've seen them have some stretches this season where they just definitely don't look solid on defense. Now flip that over to Houston, where Davis Mills has had it's taken him a while to kind of get there. I, I kind of thought he'd be a little bit stronger from the get-go, and that obviously did not happen. But, you know, he hasn't been the worst quarterback ever. And, and again, I think you've seen over the last couple of weeks where he's kind of starting to get his footing. I know coming off of the bye week is huge to come out and drop in our league a record about 23 points going into it. A tough matchup that they had against, uh, against Jacksonville. But, again, that was division. The Raiders, like you were just saying, where, you know, they give up some points. Tennessee probably going to do the same thing. Uh, so I do like Davis Mills this week. I feel like he's, you know, he's probably got top 12 potential. Uh, so if you're looking for a streamer in, in a good matchup, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks is starting to show up a little bit. And Damian Pierce, albeit running back, can make plays out of the backfield. So that offense uh, runs through their quarterback in a sense. And, and again, he does have some 300-yard games under his belt. So I like Davis Mills against Tennessee this week. At running back, I'm going to go with the guy that we talked about a little bit earlier, Tony Pollard. There is a strong possibility that Zeke could miss this game or at least be less than 100% um, against Chicago. If he's out, I think Pollard immediately becomes a top five back for me. Pollard has been the more explosive back in this offense for the past year and a half, and this could be his opportunity to finally show what he can do as a full-time player. He averages more yards per carry and yards per reception than Zeke and is just basically the better athlete at this point in both of their careers. I mean, Zeke was great when he was younger and, you know, running backs age fast in this league. And, you know, Zeke has just kind of taken the the pounding that he's taken throughout his career. And Tony Pollard's only, a, I guess, a year or so younger, but just doesn't have the miles on him that Zeke does. Not only will he finally get the majority of the work in this offense, but he gets to take on a Bears defense that's the sixth worst in fantasy, giving up 25 PPR points per game to the running back position. And I don't expect the Cowboys to give Pollard a whole lot of rest, considering that Zeke and Pollard are the only two running backs on their active roster on game day. So they're going to have to call somebody up from the practice squad to be Pollard's backup. And I don't know how thrilled – Mike McCarthy's going to be at giving some guy who literally wasn't on the active roster a couple of days ago a bunch of carries in a game that you know that actually matters. Now again, if the Cowboys get up big and uh, you know they can pull Pollard at the end, yeah, maybe he loses a couple of touches at the end of the game. But if they get up big, Pollard's going to be part of the reason why they're up big. If I have Tony Pollard in in any leagues, I'm 100% putting him in my lineup this week, and I can already tell you I've done some some DFS lineups so far for this week. And I think Tony Pollard is in almost every single one of them. So uh, being a, a cheap option for, uh, you know, what I expect to be somewhere in the, the top five to 10 running backs in, in the NFL this week. Yeah. Uh, he has shown it in the past. I like Travis Etienne this week. Uh, he's going up against the Denver Broncos, which again, you know, they, they do have a little bit of a defense that, that can, I guess occasionally show up and 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 do some damage, um, but they're kind of middle of the road against the running back. They're giving up about about 19 points a game to the position, and we know that James Robinson was just traded to fill the hole that was Brees Hall's injury. 
traded to the New York Jets. So you have uh, Jermichael Hasty, and I know Snoop Connor finally got bumped up from being like healthy scratches and stuff like that. He'll be the third guy in line, uh, the rookie out of Old Miss. But Etienne uh, has really kind of come on, and, and you saw the, the change happening. You saw that he was really kind of taking over the backfield through the last few weeks. In the last four weeks, he is actually number 10 in total yardage. And then at the same time, overall in our league of record, he's the in the top 20. He's the running back 19. Going up against Denver, the one thing, too, you look for is that Etienne is targeted a ton in the red zone. Uh, he receives 67% of red zone targets, which is huge. And, I mean, it, the completion percentage to him is 64% in that spot as well. So I think that he really is going to become that multifaceted, all-usage kind of guy for them that they envisioned. Obviously, great rapport with Trevor Lawrence. And, again, you're going up against a team and a defense that's kind of just floundering out there. There's there's word that the head coach might not make it through the season. I like some Travis Etienne this week. Uh, I like him big time against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he uh, he instantly got a boost when that James Robinson trade happened, which is nice. Uh, my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Devonta Smith against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers defense has been playing a little bit better as of late but they're still the third worst versus the wide receiver position in fantasy football. They've also not faced a, an offense like the Eagles this year, honestly. The Eagles are the fourth in points per game, second in yards per pass attempt, and sixth in yards per completion. And Devontae Smith is third in the NFL in catch rate amongst players with 35 or more targets at 76.7%. He catches pretty much everything that comes his way, and I feel like there's going to be a lot coming his, his way against the Steelers this week. The Steelers are one of those teams that is not great in the back end. Their their defensive backs and safeties are, uh, you know, average at best. And without TJ Watt in the lineup, they really struggle to create pressure on the quarterback, which is why they're one of the worst teams in the league at forcing turnovers. And I think it's just going to be one of those games where Jalen Hurts can kind of just pitch and catch with whoever he wants. And with Smith being such a good, precise route runner, uh, I just feel like he's going to be peppered with targets this week and uh, could end up with a, a really huge game against the Steelers. Uh, my wide receiver start this week is one DJ Moore. He is obviously in a, in a tough situation there in Carolina. Kind of Christian McCaffrey's gone, coaching staff changing over. Uh, they did say P.J. Walker was going to remain the starter regardless of when Mayfield, Darnold, anybody comes back from, from injury. And again, don't see anything happening per se anytime soon that, that could look like a trade. Obviously, they're just building up draft picks. But uh, he's got a monster matchup this week against the Atlanta Falcons, who are the absolute worst. Uh, they give up 38 points. That's close to 40 points a game to the wide receiver position. So uh, again, you don't have a lot of competition down there. Uh, they have LaVisca Chennault. They have Terrence Marshall. Shai Smith has been a little bit involved. But DJ Moore, they, they've already said it is a cornerstone. Definitely had a, a nice game last week in kind of like the first post-McCaffrey world. And again, that backfield not getting maybe the targets it used to either. Uh, seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown last week. So starting to build a rapport perhaps with P.J. Walker. Maybe that's what they want is a little continuity after the quarterback carousel that has been the Carolina Panthers. D.J. Moore, I think it's a no-brainer. I know for a lot of people, and I, I talked about him as a possible trade 
piece, uh, you know, for, for depth for now and for future dynasty. Again, he's just usually pretty constant, a little up and down this year to be understood considering how bad that team's been. But I think this week definitely think he's probably going to finish in the top. Personally, I think he's probably going to finish in the top seven or eight as far as wide receivers go. Barring something crazy, I think DJ Moore is a no-brainer start of the week and, and possibly, you know, even higher than than I'm expecting for this week. Yeah, I have him in a in a couple of lineups. So, and he was actually one of the guys involved in the trade for uh, Brees Hall, actually. So I feel like I got a I got a pick and I uh, got a, a receiver who looks like you know hopefully there's some resurgence to his season. So that'd be uh that'd be great if he does well. <clears throat> I'm gonna start uh, at the tight end position. I'm gonna start Will Disley this week against New York Giants. And this could be seen as an endorsement for Noah Fant as well, but I'm a Will Disley guy. I kind of, you know, I just like what the guy's about. Um, and I feel like, I just feel like he's kind of Geno Smith's preferred tight end target. The Seahawks are going to face one of their toughest challenges this week uh, in the Giants. But with DK Metcalf possibly missing this game and the Giants being a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball than I think we all expected coming into the season probably going to need to keep their foot on the gas in this one. Again, this could be one of those high-scoring games. The Giants are actually really good against wide receivers. They're the third best at stopping the opposing wide receivers in fantasy football, but they rank 23rd versus the tight end position. So definitely could see one of these two tight ends, Disley or Noah Fant, getting a touchdown this week against the Giants, but I'm going to go with Disley to, to catch a touchdown. And usually a touchdown is good enough to be a start. So, and I, and I know they're incredibly difficult to predict, but uh, I do see the Seahawks being able to score, and uh, and the Giants' corners have been playing really well. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna give one of those touchdowns to the tight end position. Sounds like a plan. Uh, speaking of tight end position, uh, we've, and we've talked <laughs> and touchdowns. Yeah, we've talked about this gentleman a lot over the last week or so. Juwan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. It's not just a, a tight end thing, or a, I should say, a touchdown tight end thing. I've said before, I think you really see that the usage is starting to go up for him. Uh, again, he is amongst tight ends. He's being targeted 63% of the time. He's tied for fourth in touchdowns when it comes to the red zone. Uh, he's tied for eighth in red zone targets overall. And he gets a juicy matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. They are, again, they're one of the bottom feeders when it comes to stopping the tight end position. They are actually about the fourth worst, giving up about 14 points a game to the spot. Now, again, we know that when it comes to the Saints and the tight end position, based on you know a lot of uh, interesting concepts that Taysom Mill is the tight end one, but he gets multi-use as running, wide receiver, quarterback. Uh, you know, I think he's been uh, you know, an assistant coach for a few minutes there. So he gets a lot of play as the position. So again, those points can go to him definitely. But I think you saw last week that you started to see a little bit come into his own. They went up against Arizona, who is the second worst team, and he really had himself a game. So now you're going up against the fourth worst team. I think, again, these matchups are obviously in his favor. But if your quarterback's getting more and more comfortable having you as the guy, uh, you know, Andy Dalton, they said, is going to remain the starter no matter how healthy Jameis Winston gets. So I think they like what they see with the offense clicking. Yeah, uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, Juwan Johnson has the potential to be another top five tight end for this week and a little bit more of a household name come fantasy circles and, and trades and, and things like that. So I think you should 
should definitely pick him up and put him on your roster. Again, if you have Travis Kelsey out this week and he's floating around in your league, it could be that start where some people scratch their heads, still haven't heard about him. They'll know about him after this week. My start of the week at the defense position is going to be the Washington Commanders versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Commanders have not such a great defense in fantasy football so far this year, but they are getting better as the season goes on. My big reason here for wanting to start the Commanders against the Colts is uh, obviously the Colts are starting a new quarterback, Sam Ellinger, this week. Anytime you can take advantage of a less experienced quarterback, I think you have a decent shot as far as a fantasy defense. You know, guys who don't play as often have a little bit more trouble reading defenses at, you know, real football speed. Obviously, guys who are less experienced, you know, this will be. Ellinger's never thrown a pass in an actual, you know, regular season game. He's played in the preseason, but doesn't see a whole lot of, you know, NFL speed on the field. And the commanders have actually been uh, playing better as of late. It's just a Washington also has a backup quarterback. So I think you could potentially start the Colts in this one as well. Uh, But Taylor Heineke has pretty much a full season of starts under his belt and, and has actually shown that he can play well when he plays. So for me, I like the commander's defense against Indianapolis who I, that whole franchise just seems like it's in a lot of turmoil. And, and if you listen to our episode on that released on Tuesday, I know Scott feels it too. The, the culture in that building is just not great. I just, I don't see a lot of positive things happening for the Colts the rest of the season. Yeah. We're not going to go off on that again. Uh, <laughs> my, defensive start of the week is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm just beating up on the Broncos, but that's not hard to do. Uh, you know, <laughs> their quarterback is um, losing his mind. Yeah, I, I, I think he's been out to lunch for a few minutes, but hey, you know what? He, he's Sorry, Dad, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I can help crap. myself. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> please enjoy so, you know, instead of let's ride and let Russ cook, it, it's been anything but. And again, it's the coaches in question. Uh, there, there's just a lot of, of things happening to that team. Jacksonville is, you know, they're a hungry young team. There are some whispers. They make some, they may look to trade some of their defenders, uh, you know, so they're kind of not so much in a win now mode, but definitely looking to build upon what they have. The Broncos do give up a lot of points uh, to defenses. Uh, They're actually in the top 10. They usually give up around eight or nine points a game to the defense that they're going up against. Again, I know you said last week that going up against the Jets, they did obviously kind of help me reap what I sowed. They're a top 12 defense. So I think right now uh, Denver's in a little bit of a free fall. You you got an aging hurt quarterback. You got an offense that's in flux. Uh, You have a coach that doesn't seem to really be able to handle it at this level just yet. And all signs point to, again, a coach like Doug Peterson taking his offense and defense against the Denver Broncos and and putting it to him. So I like the Jags defense big time this week against those Denver Broncos. All right. Well, those are our starts. Let's jump into our sits. So I am going to sit at the quarterback position, Ryan Tannehill this week versus Houston Texans. Uh, Houston isn't necessarily a great defense, Uh, But they generally don't give up a lot of fantasy points to the quarterback position, mostly because they give so many up to the running back position. And quarterbacks aren't really haven't been needed uh, in games against the Texans so far. You know, obviously, you know, we we try to give you players that you may be thinking about sitting and 
You know, I, uh, I, I honestly, my start of the week would be Derrick Henry, but that's kind of a layup. I think Henry is going to absolutely kill it this week. Uh, I don't expect Tannehill to have to do much, and with the receivers that he's got at his disposal, I, I don't expect him to even be able to do much, even if you know they do get into sort of a shootout. Uh, and I, listen, Houston's secondary is better than people give it credit for, and then it's—I mean—it's just going to be too right up Tennessee's alley to just keep handing the ball to Derrick Henry. I, I honestly believe that there's a chance that you could play Dontel. Dontrell Hilliard in this game as well and, and get a respectable day out of him. That's how many points I think the running back's going to put up in this game. But, uh, yeah, I would sit Tannehill. And, uh, like I said, if you if you play DFS, uh, I'm, I'm a type of guy who would who would pay up for Derrick Henry this week because I think he's going to be the number one running back on the week. All right. All right. Quarterback sit is, uh, ironically, uh, rather easy, I guess, nowadays. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting Aaron Rodgers going up against the – the Buffalo Bills. It, it just doesn't seem like, you know, again, we, we talked about the Al Lazard being out this week and, and everything like that. The Bills really do have, uh, again, they have it on both sides of the ball. They have the about the sixth best defense, roughly, give or take, depending on your league. But they're a top 10 defense against everybody, especially the quarterback position. Yeah, you're, you're really looking at a tough matchup. I mean, Rodgers looks like a shell of himself. Uh, he's 14th in our league of record for the season. Again, he's only gotten over 20 points a game twice. Just came off a tough loss against Washington where he threw for 194 yards. The most he has this year is 255. Two touchdowns is all he's got. He's already got three picks and three fumbles lost. So those are a lot of negative points that have sucked him out of being in the contention of being a tangible quarterback. He is outside looking in. You know, again, we we talk about older quarterbacks and they can lose a quick, uh, again, combine that with bad to you know mediocre whatever you want to call it wide receiver play because of the inexperience and the injuries and that is the reason why you will not be starting Aaron Rodgers this week against Buffalo I know he's maybe going to try to play hard because it's a a, an honor thing to go up against Josh Allen in that offense but I just don't see it happening yeah it's a tough defense at the running back position my sit this week is David Montgomery versus the Dallas Cowboys so I'm starting Tony Pollard and sitting David Montgomery on the other side the big reason for the the Montgomery sit is he split carries with Khalil Herbert last week. Now you're already talking about, you know, potentially a part-time player that Matty Rufloos, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, basically said that they're going to go with a hot hand approach. So there's always the chance that Khalil Herbert gets in there, gets the hot hand, and then you don't see much of Montgomery. So that in itself is enough for me to sit him. But also going up against the Cowboys defense, which is the fourth-ranked team, and points allowed to the running back position in fantasy football. If Dallas's offense can get anywhere near back to the form that it was last year, the Bears may be forced to throw a little bit more than they even would like, and that could potentially even force the ball out of both of the running backs' hands even a little bit more. I know Chicago is very committed to the run, so they're they're probably going to hand the ball off, uh, you know, twenty five times, but. Clear Herbert gets 18 of those and, and Montgomery ends up with seven or something like that. I think you could be very disappointed uh, in the day you have. So if you have a better option, I know, you know, Montgomery's still been a, a top 24 back this year, but uh, I just, he scares me a little bit too much this week in the matchup and, and, you know, with what's been going on in the backfield there in Chicago. My, my running back sit is actually Michael Carter of the New York Jets. And I did have him penciled in. Before the James Robinson trade, knowing that Brees Hall was probably out, he would get thrust into the forefront. 
as your starting running back. And you also lost Elijah Vera Tucker on that offensive line, which definitely has an effect on the running game. Enter one James Robinson joining that team, which obviously new to the fold, will have to learn the playbook. Carter will probably get a a 70-30 lead on that split, at least for this week. Maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe Robinson picks it up quick. Uh, I still think Robinson, you know, given his past, has, has, will definitely have an effect on that backfield with Carter as a whole moving forward. Uh, his matchup this week is against the New England Patriots, who up until this past week really had one of the best defenses against the run uh, and then got embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Chicago Bears said, nope, not going to happen. And I, I, that was just a weird game, Pat. I know you watched it. Everybody did and saw, you know, they yanked Matt Jones. They put Bailey Zappi in. And it almost looked like that team, and they had a couple injuries, but it almost looked like that team quit on Belichick because of maybe the pull of quarterback and not sticking by his guy. I, I really don't know what happened. And the Bears just jumped on it. Some turnovers were involved. They ran the ball a total of, from everybody, 45 times for 243 yards, averaged 5.4 a carry, and gave up two touchdowns, all on the ground. Justin Justin Fields had one. David Montgomery had the other. It's not a Bill Belichick defense. Are they going to turn around in a division game and say, whatever the hell happened last week will never happen again? I really feel bad for the New York Jets this week. I feel like that they're going to be taken pillar to post by this team to show that you know, again, that they're not they're not as bad as they looked on Monday night. They're still not as good as they used to be. But I think Michael Carter, uh, unfortunately, is not going to make it out uh, of this game alive when it comes to being a top 25 running back this week. Uh, he's already number 30 in our league of record. And again, between that and the James Robinson timeshare, that'll probably become a thing. I just see that that's probably not looking good for him. So Carter definitely is a downgrade. Some people might have thought to sneak him in there. Uh, I wouldn't have him in your starting lineup at all this week. Yeah, and if if Robinson does get any work, it, it'll be the work around the goal line, which you know obviously just kind of kills Michael Carter's fantasy value. So my sit of the week at wide receiver is going to be Curtis Samuel this week against the Colts. Curtis Samuel has he's been a pleasant surprise so far this season, but with Taylor Heineke back at quarterback for the Commanders, Terry McLaurin kind of goes back to being the main guy. I think uh, last year Heineke connected with McLaurin for. Had over 130 targets. McLaurin finished, I want to say, as a wide receiver 28 last year, if I'm if I'm correct on my memory there. But it was it was definitely uh, mid mid 20 wide receiver last year with Heineke at quarterback, and you saw it in the first game last week. Terry McLaurin, you know, had all the big catches, you know, had all the end zone targets. Like it was just you can tell that that Heineke and McLaurin have played together and feel comfortable with, with each other. And I think that for everything that kind of Curtis Samuel had been in the beginning of the season might be fading and, and being back towards McLaurin a little bit, which we, we talked about in our trade uh, episode earlier this week. And the Colts have only allowed 23 and a half PPR points to the wide receiver position per game. If you split that up three or four ways, if, if Dotson comes back or, you know, even if you have McLaurin now, you have Samuel uh, you know, they throw the ball to the running backs a ton. It, it just, it, to me, it doesn't seem like there's going to be enough to go around. And uh, and I don't expect a, a ton of scoring in this game with both teams having pretty decent defenses. So I would still even be a little hesitant to play McLaurin, but I think I would start him. But I am definitely off Curtis Samuel for this week until uh, until I see him sort of form a little bit more chemistry with Taylor Heineke. 
My wide receiver sit this week, it's going to be Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the New York Giants. You've got a lot of factors in play. You have him nursing a little bit of an injury, which is always one thing, you know, hamstring, questionable, probably not, you know, at 100%, also dealing with a little bit of a rib injury as well. Uh, you see Metcalf, DK Metcalf is going to be out. So that's also a factor. So the, you know, all eyes will be on him, so to speak. I know we saw Marquise Goodwin uh, step up and have a big game. And that's kind of the thing where, you know, obviously all that attention is going to go to to Lockett as being the wide receiver one on that team, the number one target, so to speak. You also have like the emergence of the the Kenneth Walker uh, out of the backfield where I think they're going to be more comfortable to utilize him. And Geno Smith is really having a, a renaissance season. Everybody thought he could be this kind of quarterback when he came into the league. Uh, obviously, he's had a very good rapport with Lockett, Metcalf, and the rest of the offense. But I feel like the matchup this week against the Giants, who are one of the league's best against the wide receiver position, they're actually the third best, only giving up about 20 points a game overall to the position. They're a little weaker against the run, uh, giving up close to 18 points a game on that position. I definitely think something along those lines, a low-scoring game, not a lot going on. Again, defenses on both sides, they're actually pretty decent. So at the end of the day, I, I can kind of see where you know Lockett just won't be that guy, where he's been top 15 or so wide receiver in, in our league of record. This is going to be one of those weeks where I think it's going to be very tough for him to get off. Could have some flex appeal, but I think he's probably better off on your bench uh, if you have any better options based on that matchup. All right, my sit of the week at tight end. This almost feels like a, a gimme at this point, but uh, you know he's still a decision. I know he's still a decision for me, so he's got to be a, still a decision for some other people out there. My sit this week is Kyle Pitts versus the Carolina Panthers. It's pretty simple, honestly, on this one. The Panthers are a top 10 defense versus the tight end position, and Atlanta averages under 22 pass attempts per game. That means for Pitts to even get eight targets in this offense, he would have to basically get 33% target share, which that's just not something that I'm willing to bank on. And even still, you're to, you're looking at a ceiling of eight targets. I mean, I don't I don't have Kyle Pitts' stats pulled up in front of me right now, but I would I would venture to guess that he doesn't have uh, maybe more than one game with more than eight targets in it. So uh, he's just not getting the volume that you know a guy of his caliber should be getting. So. Uh, until the Atlanta offense switches quarterbacks or shows some sort of marketable change in the way they approach games, I just I, I can't start Kyle Pitts. I probably won't put him on my sits anymore unless, you know, for whatever reason, he starts having some good games and, you know, then he kind of gets added back in. But for right now, he's a guy that uh, I'm just kind of keeping on my – I actually have – who did I start over him in another in a league this week? I think I started. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have Pitts. I think I started Tyler Higby over him or something like that. Which, coming into the season, you would never think that that would be something that a decision that you would have to make. But, but that's where we're at with Pitts. So, uh, yeah, I think you can leave him on the bench safely this week. Unfortunately, I have to agree. Um, my tight end sit, and I know we we touched base uh, on this gentleman a little bit in regards to the. Jamar Chase injury. Uh, I'm sitting Hayden Hurst this week. I know he is, again, I think he's believe he's number 11 in our league of record as far as tight ends go, which, you know, obviously that makes him quite startable, you know, for a lot of leagues. I think for a lot of people, he was a nice pickup to have and 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 make that make that work for, you know, a, a sneaky late round pick or, or a waiver wire pick, so to speak. So uh, again, I, I know he's not 
he has decent games. He's not heavily targeted based on that offense. He's kind of the guy that probably makes out a little bit better knowing that those wide receivers have taken that coverage with him. Um, against the Cleveland Browns this week, it's a tough division matchup. Uh, obviously, all eyes are going to be on finding ways to shut that Bengals offense down. Being down their main piece at wide receiver is a big factor. So I think that Hurst isn't going to be as sneaky because he's going to be more of a viable threat knowing that he does have some, again, he does have some stats. He's got 29 catches, 226 yards, two touchdowns um, to his record. Uh, a little bit questionable this week. I know that there were some lingering uh, groin ankle injuries. So, again, his reps were capped in practice, and, and you know, they're going to make sure he's 100%, uh, you know, unless something crazy happens uh, for Sunday, um, or I'm sorry, for Monday night against uh, the Cleveland Browns. But again, they have one of the top defenses against that position, which doesn't allow a lot of points. And they're going to have it a little bit easier fighting against that secondary. So I don't really think he's in a, a quite the favorable matchup that you would expect, you know, again, where they're only giving up about seven points to the position where sometimes that could be a deal for you. But I, I think he's going to be more of uh, just a guy to leave on your bench for this week. All right. And finally, at defense, my sit of the week is, again, in that that Panthers Falcons game. Uh, I'm going to set the Panthers defense. Carolina is a top 12 scoring defense in fantasy this year. And this matchup against the Falcons may seem like a good one considering they barely use their top two weapons on offense, which is uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. But Atlanta has actually been pretty stubborn in giving up fantasy points to opposing defenses. Because they run the ball so much, they don't really turn the ball over a whole lot. And despite the fact that they run so much, they still rank in the top 10 in points scored so far this season. So even in this pass-happy league that we live in right now, Atlanta is doing something different, man. They're running their their 1950s offense and uh, and doing it efficiently and doing it well. So when we're talking about fantasy defenses, we're not always just talking about starting a defense that's going to give up the least amount of points. You also want defenses that are potentially going to create turnovers, going to be in position to create turnovers. And the Falcons really don't. They don't do that very often. They, they don't really give the ball away. They're, they're one of the few teams with technically losing record that is still plus in the turnover margin on the season. So not really a good spot for the Panthers defense this week against Atlanta. And finally, my defensive sit this week, and again, it's not a crazy one. I know not everybody's big on them, but they still have a name. The Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. The Steelers defense had a tremendous week one with 26 points uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in an upset win. Seven sacks, four picks, recovered a fumble, scored a touchdown, only gave up 20 points. The yardage, I, I mean, it was crazy. Since then, not so much. Now, I know T.J. Watt injury is huge to that defense, uh, as well as other little nicks and dings along the way. That team as a whole, since that win, has lost five out of their last six games. And they're not losing by a lot. I mean, again, they haven't given up tons of points all over the place, but Buffalo did wipe the floor with them. And since that 26-point outburst in Week 1, the highest total for them is five against the New York Jets in Week 4. So overall, again, you're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have one of the highest flying offenses in the league. They're coming out of a bye. 
The Steelers are going into a buy. To me, this is a perfect storm where, uh, honestly, I think the Steelers are going to probably be a negative point slam when it comes to their defense. So not many people would go up against the Eagles, and I know this is kind of a layup. But for some of those that just want to leave them in their lineup and think, well, they'll get me some points, again, I think they could be one of those teams that could be a minus four on defense and actually hurt you in a close matchup. You can find something better out there, uh, again, based off of matchups. Not that I'd go Green Bay against Buffalo <laughs> over this by any stretch, but again, there's definitely stuff out there that you can find on the on the waiver wire. Again, maybe like an Indianapolis Colts against Washington or something along those lines, but, but I would stay away from the Steelers for this week. They're going into a bye. You could probably drop them and maybe look to reevaluate your defense uh, moving forward in the season. Yeah, they're really only good when – when Watt is in the lineup, it, I don't say only good, but that, I mean, he's the catalyst for the whole thing. Putting pressure on the quarterback is the key to pretty much everything in defense uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL these days. So without guys that can do that, uh, and even still like Jalen Hurts is incredibly hard to put pressure on anyway, because he's so mobile and, you know, they had, they do so many of those RPOs and it's just, it's not a good, um, it's, it's a very tough offense to defend as it is so yeah I, I definitely would not be starting the Steelers this week yeah the only shot I think for legit points in that matchup I know the Eagles have a little bit of a shaky special teams when it comes to giving up long runs if they were to sneak a punt return for a touchdown or a kickoff mm-hmm. uh to me that would be the only way they could probably salvage that so yeah yeah not not seeing it happen all right well that's gonna do it for our start sit episode this week before we head out just want to say thank you to Mickey's for partnering with the show uh, if you're looking for, you know, a great place to go grab a bite, grab a beer and hang out and watch some sports, Mickey's is the place. 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, Mickey's Portacol Pub where friends and family meet. And real quick, just want to throw our socials out there again. Again, please feel free to follow us on Twitter. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. We also uh, have our email for the show if you'd like to email us anything. We are at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. And our website is www.thenineroutefb.com. Anything you want to throw out there, Scott, before we, before we head out? Again, folks, we always appreciate all our listeners. Please like and subscribe on all our formats, uh, both on the podcast, on the websites, as well as uh, we are available on YouTube. Uh, if you're interested in playing that in the background while you do some homework or you know, office work or you're cleaning a house or whatever. You just need uh, help sleeping. You can just put us on. And we have very soothing voices, I've, I've been told. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're looking to take a nap uh, anytime soon, please put us on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, but uh, moving forward, uh, big weeks uh, ahead for the Philadelphia sports scene. Go Union. Uh, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, one game away from the MLS Cup. Looking to take down the New York City FC that stole the title from them last year due to COVID restrictions. Uh, go birds coming out of a bye, still undefeated. Going to probably uh, slap the Stellars around. Hopefully, they don't look past this game. And our fighting fills tonight is game one of the World Series in Houston. Pat, you and I will reconvene. Yeah, baby. On, oh, I can't wait. You and I will reconvene on Monday. Uh, that will actually be game three at Citizens Bank Park. Personally, I uh, I am fills in five. I think it's going to be the same wrap. It's going to be win game one. Lose game two, come home, and Houston never leaves, and they get to celebrate like they did in 08 on the field uh, with the fans, and I will be looking forward to that parade. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to remember it. <laughs> For Pat, I am Scott. Go Birds, go Phils, go Union, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.